Welcome back. It's Howl History on a Weird Wednesday. This is Derek. I'm here with Chad once again. Chad, what's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? You know, I I woke this morning and I stepped outside and I, I took a deep breath and I got real high and I screamed from the top of my lungs, what's going on? You nailed your choice this week. I know. It was. It just fell right to me. And without, I had to say, like, it's that's four non blondes, by the <laughs> yep, way. Yep. I didn't, I didn't get it last week um, on time. But I'm glad this yeah. one is more up your alley. It is more up my alley. I like, I do like that. That's a great jam. It is. It's good to <laughs> sing along with in the car, and my wife hates it so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, my wife does too. That is really weird. I, don't, I to be honest, I don't know if I know any women that like that song. <laughs> Because it's men trying to sing like women is what it is. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's, it's not always, but it's us singing along with the song because yeah, and then yeah. it makes it feel weird. But it's it's like the the female version of like free falling. Yeah. Like, like it's that <laughs> you, you sing at the top of your lungs. Uh huh. Literally, that's the lyric. You scream at the top of your lungs. What's going on? Yeah. That's, so anyway, that's this is the the Timberwolves have a new Pobo episode because shockingly. Truly shockingly, this afternoon it was announced by Shamstrani of the Athletic that the Timberwolves have relieved Gerson Rosas of his position as president of basketball operations. And I know there are some out there who are saying that there have been rumors percolating or there's been whispers of malcontents within the Timberwolves front office. But the sense that you got from really anybody that's close to that has been following this team that isn't a reporter is that this was a shock. This was just, I mean, how could it not be with six days before media day? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if if there was like some sort of inside club that knew about some ramblings going on uh, that to this level that you know it was not only possible but likely that Rosas was going to get fired, you know, days before the opening camp. I I don't buy it. A B. If it did exist, congratulations. You know, but don't pretend like. You were uh, doing all your great reporting and covering this when you weren't telling anybody that actually mm-hmm. <laughs> is fans or follows the team. I just that part of it is a little bit uh, exhausting to to read, but yeah, I was. You texted it to me, and I was in the car on my way to pick up my son from school. I was early, so I actually pulled over to a park <laughs> to pull up <laughs> Twitter and try to see like what was the the whole deal, like. When you said fired, and then the first tweet I pulled up, it said they've agreed to to part ways. Yeah, which was not what happened. No, no, obviously. Yeah. And they always say that. But then I was like, the part of me was thinking, oh, well, maybe he got offered some other more attractive position uh-huh. elsewhere. But then, no, it was just that was the company speak of he was canned. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, to me, I, I was I was shocked. And, I, you know, frankly, I thought, like right now, as a Minnesota sports fan, he was the best GM we had in town at this moment. So I was it. it the team seems like the the direction is going more positive than say other teams like the Twins or Vikings. You know, the Wild are in a similar spot. Um, but I, it, it just seemed like of all the major pro sports teams in the Twin Cities, that was the one position. That was probably the least under the gun or on, on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, new, new ownership aside, that might be a different equation. But just in terms of, you know, that sort of the, what was going on with the team. I mean, he hasn't been here that long, number one. So that's odd, you know, for somebody of that position to get uh, relieved of their duties this early into their tenure. But then on top of that, like he didn't make any glaringly poor decisions, you know, regardless of how you feel about draft picks he made, whether you you were a LaMelo guy or an Ant guy, or maybe the D'Lo versus Wiggins trade. None of them were so bad, even if you don't like them, that you would say, oh, this is a fireable offense. He made some debatable moves, but... Right, yeah. right. Some people liked, some people didn't, you know. But they weren't, they weren't like, they didn't rise to the level of David Kahn. No. <laughs> even if you hated it. Not you know, two years nothing. into the, the journey here. No, and, and we haven't seen all those pieces work together yet on the floor due to injuries or, you know, jail time stints or whatever. Uh, But here we are. He's got it. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's it's unfortunate is what it is. It's the most wolves move ever. Yeah. 
Like I so, said, we're six days away from media day. Monday, I think the team's going to get together, answer some questions from the media, which is going to suck because they all have to get up and they're going to hear but about nothing but this now yep. when they should be focusing on winning. I mean, but, you know, they've been together most of the summer. They've been practicing a ton. This isn't even, you know, Bahamas from two years ago. This is, you know, this offseason was really a lot of this team getting together and being ready to come out and win. And if this comes in as a, as a, as a distraction, that's going to be really unfortunate. But um, but yeah, the report came out. I think everybody was shocked by it. We kind of threw out some ideas of what could have happened. And like, you know, Dane and Britt had a podcast that already came out. If you haven't listened to that one yet, you know, most likely you should pause this one and go listen to that one because they, you know, they always have a little bit more inside information than we do. We're just, you know, reporting on what other people have said. But ultimately, it's like, you know, the, the thought process was unless something co- is going to come out that would be worse for the organization if they had kept him this doesn't make any sense to do six days before media day. And, you know, that was Brit's thinking, the, you know, the whole time. It was just kind of the only way that this is the right move right now is if what was happening, if it came out before he got fired, would have been worse for the organization. And, you know, the, the reports are now starting to trickle out. CCO was first and then Shams just had, an, you know, put it out again where there was they they're saying that he was relieved for performance reasons. It's hard to believe that's the case. I know that. You know, performance is more than just the basketball decisions. Performance is leading your organization for performance is how you, you know, run a team and how your employees feel. And I know that Mark Laurie is very into that. He wants to have values in the organization and everything like that. And along with that, there's also a report that there was a a consensual um, out of marriage relationship going on between Rosas and another staff member on, on, you know, within the organization. So, um, you know, nothing illegal by any means, but not something that, you know, the, the team wants to hang its hat on, especially with the new ownership coming in and saying, you know what, this is not what we're going to be. And I'm sure this is happening. Like, you, you know, you and I were talking earlier, I'm sure this is happening all over the league in different relationships, different organizations, different parts of the business. But, you know, if, if the Minnesota Timberwolves are saying, you know what, this is not representative of who we are and how, you know, what our organization is going to be moving forward, they can make that decision. So um, I'd probably make the same decision. So it's uh, it's it's still crazy though. I, I can't believe we're at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, the initial reports that we heard were that Mark Laurie and A Rod had their own uh, sort of wish of bringing in somebody like Elton Brand, mm-hmm. which made us both sort of throw up in our. Um, I was in my truck, so I, I yeah. throw up in my vehicle, and <laughs> I didn't want that. So I was I, the the silver linings here is that I do think they made the right move with Gupta because I, a, I want to see the, this plan kind of, you know, flesh itself out a little bit that we're on. And I think Gupta would be more in line of doing that than somebody new to the organization. Um, B, I think Gupta is extremely talented and has a bright future ahead of him. So just from that standpoint, you know, you want to see it. Um, and C, I just didn't want Elton Brand right. <laughs> as GM, so, but um, it, it, you know, and, and like I said, all the the uh, inappropriate relationship with uh, an assistant and that kind of stuff, I, that is bad on the face of it for sure. But it's not stuff that teams normally um, fire such a prominent. I mean, he was the most powerful person within the organization, so it's a, outside of the ownership, and so it was kind of a even even if that came that story came out, I would have been shocked if they fired him this close to the beginning of the season, like it, to me, that seems like something like, okay, let's just see how the season goes. You know, like we might be sitting here in January and the wolves might be already out of the playoff picture. We can do it then. Um, yeah. If they're in the playoff picture, well then nobody's going to be talking about it anyway. You know, it's still just, it still puzzles me with the timing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, one of the rumors that we saw on Twitter was that this relationship actually took place even on, on company grounds, mm-hmm. which that might be a little bit different, right? Because now you're subjecting other people to be around it, and yeah. that might be more of a fireable offense. That would make more sense, or and or if it was if it wasn't a consensual thing, which there's no reports that it it was something like that. But then it'd be like you know more of like an Isaiah Thomas situation in New York or one of those types of things. Then that would make sense. But this, um, it has to be it, a combination of things. It can't just be that. Yeah, but I, I just don't see anything else other than that, you know, like the tax relationship with the other employees or just the environment mm-hmm. that was created. I can see that being an issue. I just, it seems really 
odd, though, that even if Mark Laurie wants to establish a different type of culture, that he comes in and just based off of, you know, some people saying that they thought the atmosphere was toxic, that they would make this kind of decision, you know, like this soon. I just, I don't think that, I really honestly don't think that had anything to do with it. I think it is all the other inappropriate relationship part of it that, you know, and maybe there's more to that piece of it Mm -hmm. um, that we will find out in the coming days, but I don't really believe it's either performance-based or toxic relationship-based. I think that's the better thing to sell. Like, hey, new ownership, new, you know, new lease on life, new culture within mm-hmm. the Timberwolves organization, all that kind of stuff. Um, Barrero talked a little bit. I don't know if you had heard. I didn't hear John Krasinski on with Barrero, but before John joined the show, Barrero was kind of talking about, and he's right, as, as fans and and even media, you can't buy into all this sort of, you know, company speak that these owners come in with or new management comes in with because it is it is just marketing. You know, yeah. whatever they say, none of it's real. It's like the Bahamas trip. We we make jokes about it and stuff now. I mean, that was all about family and coming together and how many guys are left in that Okogie towns and that it? That's I don't it. even remember. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like laughable, you yeah. know, like. So. I mean, so like you mentioned, Sachin Gupta has been named as the interim Pobo. Uh, he is the team's eighth president of basketball operations, including interims, uh, in the past 13 years, um, which is not a good run, I wouldn't say. I don't think that's this, the mark of excellence for an organization. Uh, so, you know, we'd go from Kevin McHale to David Kahn, Flip Saunders, Milt Newton, Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden, Gerson Rosas, and now Sachin Gupta. And we'll see if they either remove the, the interim tag for him or they do do a full, a full on search and bring in somebody from the outside, but um, it did well, it seem... Even, it's really even more than that, right? Because that title, President of Basketball Operations, was sort of, like, was the new... We talked about this on a previous episode, yeah. but that was really the is a general manager role, even though they have a general manager too, but the the head guy really role, we had Trader Jack, we had other guys that well, we talked about. Well, before Mikhail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Mikhail was there for a long time, so he was the yep. only semblance of the consistency. Yeah, yeah. And right. Flip would have had that if, if not for his untimely passing. Sure. Um, well, you think you would, you would think so. Although he was fired once before. Yeah. So you know, who knows? Yeah, I think he had a longer runway with the youth of the team he had put together, and he would have stuck with that longer than Thibodeau did once he came in and traded them all away from Jim, for Jimmy. But, but yeah, with, with Gupta coming in, it it really seems like all of the the front office dysfunction and the work culture and the you know it really seemed to be a, a clash between the two of them between Rosas and Gupta and even in the report on the athletic tonight i'm going to i'm going to read a a part of it it said uh, some of the issues were exacerbated this summer when Rosas and Gupta butted heads over Rosas's decision to block Gupta from making a lateral move to the Houston Rockets with increased pay sources said Rosas said the timing of the request coming right before the draft and free agency made it impossible for the Timberwolves to let someone with as much proprietary proprietary knowledge of the team's plans go to a competitor. The tension between Rosas and Gupta only grew later in August when Rosas banished Gupta from the team's offices and granted him permission to seek employment elsewhere, according to sources. The issue was resolved in early September after ownership got involved and Gupta decided to stay. So whatever was happening there seemed like one or the, one or the other. And yeah, you know, and I, I get both sides to that argument. Yeah. Like I get, you know, like any job, right? If you had, you and I work together, if anybody came to me from our team and said, Hey, I can make more money doing the same job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. A, if I couldn't match it, I'd wish them well. Yeah. However, our job doesn't, we don't compete at the same sort of level of, I mean, everybody has a no compete, whether or not you like your company enforces it. I think almost all of us have signed a no compete. If you work with any company over a hundred people. Yeah. yeah. And like the other companies we're competing with one person's not going to have like this, you know, the knowledge. It's not like, you know, you, I mean, the trade secrets that Rostas is talking about are, are kind of significant here, right? You're talking about the draft free agency period. And if, Gupta were to leave, he knows who the Wolves' target list is. He knows which guys they're willing to deal on. They know he knows what the salary cap structure might look like, you know, for this team over the next two, three, mm-hmm. five years. And so, I get that from Rose's standpoint too. That I wouldn't want to really let that guy go right now. I'd be like, hey, I, you know, I feel for you. Let me see if I can get you a raise to mm-hmm. stay. 
um, something along those lines. And, you know, doesn't so- it sounds like Rose was like, no, you're under contract. You work for me. Right. And that's a, maybe the wrong way of going about it. But I get his stance on the face of it. Right. I mean, I think it's tough because it depends on what the organization's stance is on it. You know, we just saw what happened with um, the assistant coach who went, you know, who just left, who was going to be our defensive coordinator. He got a better title with another organization to go do that, that same job elsewhere, essentially. But um, it depends on if, if the Timberwolves have said, if your title changes, if it's a, actually a promotion, you are free to interview and and take the job anytime you want. But if they held on the line because the title was the same and he didn't have anywhere to go up to, that we're not going to allow you to interview and leave except for in the two-week period of our choosing be, you know, unless you get a promotion to president of basketball operations, I just don't, it's like you said, it's a murky area because guys leave before the draft all the time. Like, yeah, but coaches are different than front, well, office. So, so front office guys too. Like if, if there's a front office opening, they have to hire that person from somewhere and it's going to be in that period of time, most likely between the playoffs and the draft. So yeah, but, but how, how often are those guys switching teams for a lateral move that i mean that and that's the thing i mean it's almost i don't i can't think didn't have anywhere to go up except for president of basketball operations so it depends on what the expectations were set at before that conversation happened and i we can't really speak to that you know 100 percent. yeah and to be honest i'm i'm with rosas on this even if it wasn't decided before only because to me it's implied Mm -hmm. like look you are one of a really small circle of people that are in the war room determining the future of the makeup of this franchise. If, unless you're getting a, a you know significant increase in terms of your responsibilities, your know, money's different because yep. like we, we just got two new owners. Like if they wanted to do something to keep them, I'm sure they could have come up with it's I'm sure it's not a ridiculously different amount of money. It's probably a hundred grand or some, some, you know, they're not players, right? They're not making the same kind of money mm-hmm. that, your top players are but uh, to me it's implied like look guy like you gotta like okay now gupta's in that seat right gupta if you just went through the same situation i i bet he has a different appreciation for that decision now yeah or at least well with some experience because if you're you know sharing secrets with your your own circle and now that person's going to join a rival team in the same conference as you like that's really dicey like i i just so i don't i don't fault roses for that I, I think if that's the issue i think what might be the issue there is that maybe gupta they saw him as a shining star and they didn't want to lose him they wanted to groom him to be the guy down the road mm-hmm. and so they maybe they knew that going into it that okay well roses isn't going to be our long-term guy here gupta is maybe you know laurie and a-rod i mean and so they're like we're not gonna jeopardize losing gupta for the guy we don't know that we're going to keep around long term, I could see that happening, right? It's kind of like what the Vikings did a couple years ago with, um, you know, their different offensive coordinators when they were losing them. They were they yeah, were trying to Stefanski. keep them. yeah, Stefanski, and even before that with um, what's the one that went and took the Giants job? Um, he was here for the Minneapolis yeah, Miracle. No, I know who you're talking about? Yeah. So, I'll, but so I can see that. But again, those are also coaches. That's a lot. Even then, the Vikings were like a little bit hesitant on that, right? And so. They and that was just coaches, which I get, and and maybe in football coaching, there's more secret sauce in the coaching than there might be in the NBA. But uh, to me, this, this is a whole nother level, regardless of that, because of it's you're you're like you're one of a very small. I mean, what is there two or three guys after Rosas that would know his shortlist of players he wants to acquire? Yep. the guy he's scouting for the draft for this this draft from this past year versus the next year's draft um, there's already scouting going on um all those kinds of things like you know we we've been talking several episodes about the ben simmons trade what does he know about okay philly's asking for the the farm the wolves are offering much less Mm -hmm. but gupta likely knows exactly what the wolves break like what their actual offer would be right i'm sure he knows that so if he goes to houston houston's one of those other teams that People have talked about maybe they would go get Ben Simmons. They have some interesting pieces to get. Well, he already knows now what he can do to make a better offer than Minnesota. So, like, all that stuff gets really... Yeah, which is really dicey. dicey. Yep, no, I yeah. hear you. You know, and it, you brought up the Vikings, and it... You know, maybe this was just... Yeah, I know there are lots of issues here, and there are going to be plenty of things reported on it, but 
There's also the chance that the new owners came in and they took a look at who was in the front office. And you brought up, you know, Gupta as a rising star. Maybe they just didn't want to do what the Vikings ended up doing with uh, Mike Tomlin or Stefanski going to Cleveland. And they just said, you know what, we're not going to just stick with the guy we have and let these good, you know, these this young guy that's, you know, ready for stardom and ready to be the next big thing, just walk out of the out the door because we have somebody in the place. Maybe they decided Gupta's just the way to go. And yep, I know, that, I know that they're going to do the search, and we'll see, you know, how serious the search gets, and if they eventually, you know, tab Gupta, Gupta long term. But, you know, I think in the athletic it says they're going to give him a chance, and he's actually going to be able to do the job. It's not like he's just going to sit there and be the the Scott Layden, you know, after Thibodeau say. left, you know, where he just can't even make a, a transaction. So, um, hopefully, he gets a real shot, and hopefully, he has a chance to, you know, prove his stripes and just earn that job, you know, outright. So. I think yeah, that's, that's why I brought it up. Is it, I could see that being a scenario. You know, they might still be entertaining bringing somebody else in still, but they may have come in, interviewed people, and said, okay, we know Rosas isn't going to be our long-term. Gupta is a 50-50 shot, yeah, and yeah. we might want to still bring in Elton Brand or one of these other people. But we have we eliminate that choice if we don't do something now because it may be, you know, like you said in the article in The Athletic here that, when ownership got involved in early September, mm-hmm. that's when Gupta decided to stay. He was probably given an assurance then that this Rosas thing was going to be resolved. You know, yeah, I, yeah. my guess is Gupta knew this was coming. It kind More of like, so kind of like when Cat signed his extension because the, the front office kind of told him, like, we're going to figure out this Jimmy thing. Yeah. 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 yeah so, um, so who knows? But, I, I, you know, I, so they might have been looking for you know, an excuse to let Rosas go in a similar way that Rosas did to Ryan Saunders, you know, who they were just like, okay, that was a weird timing too, right? They, they, they fired him and a, a season that was sort of lost, no fault to Saunders because players were injured and whatever, but they, they made that decision then. And then they went outside their organization instead of even hiring, you know, or get putting a temporary role on a Vanderpool or somebody like that. Um, so it's, uh, it, that's part of what this organization does too. So they, you know, I could, I could totally see that where Gupta is on their short list and they don't want Rosas to ruin that relationship to the point that, that Gupta just walks because the, the relationship between them is so sour that he can't stomach coming into the office every day with them. I mean, when you're banished from your own office, that's pretty toxic. Yeah, no, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, we were caught off guard. It seemed like the, team's best player carl anthony towns is also slightly caught off guard because his only tweet after the event happened shortly was uh wtf so which is, which is another why i find that some of these reporters saying that they're not caught off guard that they they thought saw this coming you guys have a better inside line than Towns has mm-hmm. <laughs> like i find that hard to believe but that and that's worrisome you know if if towns is at you know it's hard now that wtf could be Maybe he's saying WTF to the allegations that have come out about the inappropriate relationship. Maybe he's saying it about, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the shot. time, there wasn't any of that. This was very right. shortly after. Well, he, but he, maybe, but, what I'm saying is. Yeah, or maybe he had some news, but. Yeah, yeah, maybe they told him and he was saying that. I don't, who knows? We'll, and we'll likely never know what that signified. But it it could be um, earth shattering to him in the sense that, you know, Rosas was Delo's biggest. Mm-hmm. supporter and champion to the extent that you know dane and Britt brought it up on their podcast and there's some mentions of it on this john krasinski article on the athletic which we haven't fully read because it just popped up as when we started recording um, but there's mention of that there were people within the organization that weren't as in love with delo as rosas was so that they that they were not necessarily is in agreement on how much to give up to get delo and you know rosas was his biggest supporter and Part of the reason what that got D'Lo sort of reengaged and excited to be here was the fact that he felt like Rosas had his back and mm-hmm. that he felt wanted. I mean, we heard D'Lo say that after that trade, that he has never been somewhere where he was wanted. He was always just somewhere where he was either drafted or traded to. Um, but this was the first time he felt wanted. That might be gone now for him. He might not feel that way. And Towns might know how important that was to D'Lo. And maybe that's the WTF. It's like, now what? Now my best friend on the team might be feeling a little bit insecure about his position here, might be a little less charmed about being in Minnesota. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, I think, ripple effects that we'll have to see. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's like 
Delo's going to demand a trade. I don't think he has really anywhere to demand a trade to at this point. Um, so no. or not. I mean, if we're talking about the the effect on any one player, I'd say we have to look at Carl Anthony Towns because of the effect it might have on his willingness to stay through the dysfunction and whatever this ends up meaning. Maybe this is good. Maybe Gupta's the right guy. Maybe it all ends up being fine. But it's just another thing that he has had to deal with in his tenure with the Timberwolves. But that's more of his decision. That's not like what we think the Timberwolves move forward and how that could affect him. But like you said, D'Lo was Rosas's guy. He was the one he championed for. It was his big acquisition. And I don't think there is any... We believe in D'Lo especially in his fit on this team, but I don't think anybody else nationally or even any other team valued D'Lo as much as Gerson Rosas did. No. And I, so even if that doesn't mean that he's now on the trade block and it doesn't mean that, you know, Gupta doesn't see him as um, a very good fit with the rest of the roster and the way that it's been constructed. Maybe he's, he does think that, you know, he's a he's fits well here and he's going to be, you know, part of the future, but he is definitely less safe. If if these transaction conversations you know go on and we continue moving forward with different trade conversations and if he ever does like he comes from the the Sam Hinkie Daryl Morey line the same way that Rosas did if he ever finds somebody that values D'Lo more than he does he's not going to be shy to make the and the financially is the wrong word but the the net gain move, you know, for the franchise. He's just going to constantly be weighing value in these in these conversations. And if he can get more value off of somebody without taking the emotion into it, I would assume, at least from the history that we have to point to, that that's the way he'll go. So if he values D'Lo less than Rosas did, there might be somebody out there now who values him more. So I would say that that puts him just in a different spot within this organization. Well, and then Dane and Britt brought up another interesting point, a wrinkle to it all this is that, so like you mentioned, Gupta, he worked under Rosas, he worked under Hinky, he's been under both those sort of organizations. But the one thing that does differentiate him from Rosas is Rosas is also very committed to a very specific style of play that Gupta maybe isn't as committed to. Like Gupta is more... I think more analytical in that he's going to, wherever the value is, that's going to lead to the type of team he's going to construct. Where Rosas is looking for the best value of a certain type of player. He wants ball handlers who can shoot. Mm-hmm. And Gupta's like, hey, if the best value is a seven-foot rim protector, I'm okay with adding a seven-foot rim protector. This is not. This is what Dane and Britt are suggesting. Yeah. Um, which I actually think that could be a positive for this team. I've, I've said on this podcast multiple times that I think the, the quickest way to turn the defense around on this team is to add a bigger guy than what we ha- currently have on the roster. Um, and so I was advocating having Towns play the, the four and adding a rim protecting center to start alongside him rather than adding a Vanderbilt type power forward, you know, next to him. Um, and if, if Gupta is more open to that scenario, that could be interesting for this team. Cause I also think, you know, it's changed a little bit in the last this last season and season and a half, but big men have been devalued so much in the league the past five years yeah. that you can get more good value out of those players. Like I, you know, I, I keep bringing up Nerlens Noel. He was a guy I wanted last year, and they got him for peanuts. And then he really helped. I believe he really helped the Knicks this past season. He's a type of player. Now he's not as a big um, as you know bigger than cat anyway, the type of guys we're talking about, but that would be the type of player that Rosas would never have any interest in acquiring. Right. Because he doesn't fit his style of play. And Gupta, I think is more flexible in that style. And the other part of that, my first reaction, part of the reason why I was so sort of shell shocked by the announcement was because I'm, I'm a huge believer in Finch, a bigger believer in Finch than I was in Rosas. Mm -hmm. And I was worried, what does this mean for Finch as coach? Because he's, he's also new. And he was a Rosas guy. Um, but the one thing I liked, I mean, we talked about the last episode, the thing I liked best about Finch is that his willingness to kind of go outside the plan, like he came here with a good offense and didn't say, and, you know, and his background supposedly is in offense, that he didn't come here and say, okay, like here's what we're going to do to tweak the offense. He actually went and acquired defensive-minded players 
um, and kind of made a lineup adjustments based around improving the defense more so than the offense. So him and Gupta might have an interesting dynamic there now because, you know, Gupta might be more willing to go out and get the type of guys that fit what Finch is trying to do in the core or, or to, to fill a hole that Finch maybe identifies within yeah. this current organization in a way that Rosas might do, but do in a che- the cheapest way possible to, to just sort of check that box off so that he can continue to use the bulk of our resources to go after the stars that he's trying to go after. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that'll, th- that'll be the, that's the silver lining. I think in this is, you know, we, we still have a very talented tandem in those two guys. The, the downside is somebody else texted me. I, I was getting, my phone was going nuts. Um, after you texted me, yep. uh, just different people. I know the people that know I'm a diehard Wolves fan asked me like, what does this mean? Is this somebody literally posted the, the tweet and it just says, is this good or bad? And <laughs> I was like, I think it's likely bad. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, it can't be good. Like, no, regardless of what you think of Rosas or whatever he did, we're not as, we, we have one less talented person in the organization that we had this morning. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, Rosas was like, I, I mean, I, you know, we were talking about right before we came there to me, he's, probably already the best GM this organization has had, which it's not, or, or Pobo, whatever you want to call it, position. He's the best decision maker this organization's had in the history of the organization in, in a short time here. And that's, it's not a high bar, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. And, and even if I think Gupta has a lot of talent and might be a better one, we lost one additional voice yeah. in that room. Um, and so I don't think from that standpoint, it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I I can see a future where this ends up having the Timberwolves be better as a basketball team because Gupta may, will make different decisions than Rosas would have. And if he's better at those that decision-making, then this will be ultimately good for the team. I just, I'm not a the ends justify the means guy. So I think no matter what the result is of this, the process that led up to it, just the fact that this situation is happening is a bad thing for the organization. Like you don't want this to, to be a thing. Like you just, you want to cheer for a team that is just going to be, if not successful, at least responsible and smart, smart and a team that you can agree with the decisions they're making, even if you wouldn't have made the same ones. And you know, you're, yeah, you're, you're not going to be embarrassed by what's happening over there. And it's hard to, as a, especially as a fan, I and mean, I'm sure it's harder as an employee of the team right now, but as a fan, it's hard to even say like, yeah, this is my team. This is who I want to support with the apparel I'm buying or the, the tickets I'm purchasing, you know, whatever it happens to be, to be known, like you said, I got all the text too, to be known as the Timberwolves fan in your group because there aren't that many of us. You know, when something like this happens, it's like, well, okay, I guess... I guess I'm the guy who needs to roll with this and have an opinion again. I mean, and they make it hard. I mean, they really do. Yeah. I was at a wedding on Friday night and my, um, my wife's uncle asked somebody else, is, is he like, I walked away and he goes, is he still a Timberwolves fan? <laughs> they're like, yeah, he's got a season ticket. He's yeah. Like, that's an awful franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're just miserable. They've been so bad forever. And you know, you got that you got, but I mean, I agree with you. Like, Look, if you can't win, if you can't be a winning team year in and year out, and it's hard to do in the NBA in a small market. It's harder than any other sport, I I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, baseball might be, but you can you can get smarter in baseball than you can in basketball because there's so few players in basketball that make a difference. In baseball, you have a big roster, so you know you can't. They can't. The good teams can't steal all your players. You know, in the NBA, it's like the small market teams only exist as trade partners for the big market teams, which is kind of annoying and not kind of, it's extremely annoying. And so what you hope for the organization is, and to piggyback off what you said is you want them to be a Memphis Grizzlies type organization or a San Antonio Spurs type of team where you're like, they always make like these smart little moves. I mean, Spurs had a lot of success, so that's even unfair to compare. Say the Pacers or, you know, who've had good teams, despite not being in a big market over the years, you know, and the wolves have never been that. The wolves are one. Yeah. It's us in Sacramento that are always sort of the, the whipping boy for the national media. Um, and here's, you know, and it's another very wolves esque story that's coming out, but it's, you know, New York ownership that came in 
and made this decision. Now they might have made it for good reasons, but it's going to be the the stink is going to be on the Minnesota franchise, not on Mark Laurie or A Rod, who it's yeah sounds like had a big part in this this decision. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it goes with Gupta. I mean, like we talked about, he's going to make different decisions. I don't I don't know how this affects the the Ben Simmons pursuit. I mean, up until what was it one o'clock this afternoon ben simmons was the story and the dysfunction out in philadelphia and the fact that they couldn't get their story straight and they're trying to do damage control and you know doc was coming out doing press conferences trying to just straight up lie about what he said after the playoffs you know to when we'd all have access to the video and we know what he said after the playoffs but you know and then all of a sudden that was all on the back burner again and nobody was even paying attention to philadelphia because now we're the the laughing stock again but it's just kind of, like hold my beer right <laughs> so i don't know where that leaves us in that conversation we were the odds favorites in, in betting markets because we were the most interested but that's rosas again as we've talked about plenty of times he identifies his person his guy and he's going to go after him until it's done like i don't know if that's gupta i don't know if they are still as interested as rosas was or if they're going to hold the line and because i mean the roster is no different today than it was this morning, you know, it's we still have the same roster going in, and I what well, I might have put a ten percent chance that they could have pulled off a trade for Ben Simmons before this all happened. So even if that dropped from ten percent to five percent, it's not making a big change in what my expectations are for this season. I didn't think it was going to happen in the first place. So, but yeah, I think that's been the story all off season as to whether or not the Timberwolves are going to get make themselves inserted into that conversation, find a way to pull that off. I guess I would. I would guess that that would be less likely now, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we don't know how much power Gupta is going to have or what his interest level is in Ben Simmons. I think that's the key is what's his interest level in it. I mean, like you pointed out, you know, sort of what we know about Gupta's mindset would be that he's a value guy. Mm-hmm. And we also know that Maury's asking for an obscene amount of assets back in exchange for Simmons, which I think is, laughable to say the least this kind of stuff he's asking for so the only way i think it would have helped the wolves is if if um gupta was more aggressive like rosas was and also in love with um ben simmons and i don't know that we have indications that he's either of those maybe he likes him better than than rosas but i think it's pretty safe to say he's probably a little bit more conservative mm-hmm. on going after targets than what Rosas was, you know, he'll, he'll say, Hey, here's what my offer is. And if the team says, no, he's, he's probably the type of guy that's going to say, okay, I'm going to move on to the next one, find the next value play. I'm not going to keep adding to the pot until you say yes. Yeah. The way Rosas did. And so I agree. I think this makes it less likely now that Simmons comes, but I think it's more likely that we see another move now before the season starts. I could see us you know, maybe flipping Torian Prince or maybe you know, for some other guy, like another big, I could see us maybe making a move to add another center um, just because that, that spot still feels center or power forward, whatever the value is. Yeah. That spot still feels a little weak for us. Um, and we got plenty of those, you know, twos and threes, you know, that can play. Um, so I think that that might those odds might increase where another move's made, you know, I'm not going to say it's better than 50%, but I think I'm, I was like you, I thought the chances of us getting Simmons were slim. You mm-hmm. know, you and I, when we did our, when we were texting back and forth about sort of what would we give up if we were Rosas in that deal, I was willing to give up less than you were for Simmons. So I guess in this sort of scenario i would have been more gupta-esque yeah than you like if i could have got simmons for beasley beverly and draft picks i would have said yes um you you were a little bit more willing to give up on jade mcdaniels in that deal and i you know so that probably is you know all that talk's probably gone right like i don't think gupta is gonna be now on the flip side maybe maury thinks hey i know gupta Mm mm-hmm uh, I maybe I like him better than I like Rosas. If I'm Maury, I don't know, but maybe I'm going to try to take advantage of this situation. He's the new guy in charge. He might want to put his fingerprints on it because he's going to try to impress the ownership by making a big move so that he can get that full time job. Yeah, I'm going to call him and maybe start talks again. That maybe that hap- happens. Yep. Maybe 
Maury comes off a little bit off his demands because now he feels less inclined to get one over on Rosas, who was his direct report before. <laughs> yeah. You know, so maybe that, I, you know, but I, I don't think we, any yeah. of us have the answers for that. You no, know, we don't. I mean, and like, if we want to look at the positives, if, if you're sitting out there saying like Ben Simmons is still the answer, they still need to make this work. If, and you're looking for positives as to why this change can make a difference. The only two things I can point to are either a, Gupta is going to be tied to different players than Rosas was. So maybe the negotiations can start again. If Rosas was sitting there in the negotiations saying, we are not trading Cat, we're not trading Ant, we're not trading D'Lo. And, you know, Maury most likely was on the other side saying, you can't come to me for Ben Simmons and not offer up one of your three best players. Like, that's just not how these type of conversations are going to work. And Gupta does go back and say, well, you know what? D'Lo's not my guy. You know what? We can now start these conversations again in a new form. And I'm not saying that that's the right move, but there there yeah, are now yeah. more players on. There could be more players on the table that weren't on the table before because it's going to be less dogmatic it, it, or completely different players. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. I mean, so like when uh, when we did our little exercise just for the fun of it by texting, my my demands or what I was willing to give up isn't what I necessarily thought the Wolves would be willing to give up. It yeah. would be the question was that you when you asked me is. If you were Rosas, what would you give up to make that deal? And I wasn't willing to give up Jaden McDaniels. I do think the Wolves probably push come to shove would have been willing to give up Jaden McDaniels before they'd give up D'Lo for sure. Yeah. For me, I would give up D'Lo before I'd give up Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. So maybe Gupta feels you know the opposite of what Rosas did. Maybe he's more along yeah. those lines as well. So that could be a positive if you're looking at a, a long-term Simmons goal, you know, as as still the way to make this franchise relevant. And the other thing I can think of is, I mean. This whole thing today was this new ownership group coming in and making their first significant mark on the franchise and stating like this, these are the decisions we're going to make. We're going to work with Gupta and we're going this, you know, the, whatever is going on with Rosas is not the way that we're going to handle things anymore. Um, but they still, I mean, they still have Taylor release the statement. Yeah. I mean, Taylor still, the, he still needs to sign off on it because he's still the majority yeah, but they, owner. But yeah. Done like a joint signature, yeah. like, you know, Mark Laurie. Glenn Taylor and A-Rod and whatever. I mean, I know there's even more owners than just those three, but it's it, it, if the decision or the, the uh, pressure to make this move came from from Laurie, I don't – let's just take A-Rod out of the – Yeah, I don't think he has much – I don't think he's doing any of this. No. I think it's just – I do think Mark Laurie's fingerprints are on this. But if he was putting the pressure on Taylor and Taylor's like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. You know, at least own it with Taylor yeah. because Taylor's taken enough flack over the last 30 years in this mm-hmm. town for – and rightfully so. I'm yep. not excusing what he did, but this is one move where I don't think you can blame Glenn Taylor. No, I don't think so either. But if Lori is already proving to be willing to make these types of decisions or to insert himself in that way, there is also the possibility that they could insert themselves in the basketball decisions too. And with a new guy, with Gupta coming in and saying like, you're in an interim period, you kind of need to, here's our goal for you in order to get the job. The goal could be, make a splash or go get us relevant. Get a guy like Ben Simmons where, you know, Rosas might've very well been able to say like, I'm here for the long haul. I'm working on my vision. We can't make this trade because if I lose D'Lo in the deal, then we're not a championship, whatever it happens to be like that. The ownership might throw their weight around, you know, the, you know, and I'm not saying that today was the ownership throwing their weight around this. They might very well might've said like, as a professional organization, this isn't how our business runs, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, but they made a significant decision and they decided that now's the time to start making those decisions. So maybe they, they play a factor in there as well, instead of just the long leash of, you know, let's just see what happens. So if there's more pressure on the team to win now, maybe that also impacts the Ben Simmons negotiations too, especially with the new, the new Pobo trying to prove himself. So I, I'm not saying I believe in either of those two things. I don't think it's more likely, like I said before, but if you're looking for the silver lining and Ben Simmons is your guy, that's what I got. To, that's what I came up with. Yeah, I I I agree. I don't I don't think I think it makes it less likely if it were to happen. So if it were ten percent chance that we were going to get them, it's probably at a you know three or four percent chance today mm-hmm. or this or this evening now <laughs> like yep. versus this morning. But again, I you know who knows? Like like we just went over like it's we have no idea who Gupta's guys are. No, we don't. And Simmons, I mean, he could fit that. You know, I, you know, I don't really like Stephen A. Smith, but he says Ben Simmons is LeBron James without a jump shot. 
I kind of like that comparison. I I do think that's sort of appropriate. And how how many guys are you going to have an opportunity to go get that have that kind of talent? I, I this might be it. This might be your one big chance yep. to be able to get somebody of that caliber. Um, and so you know maybe Gupta at being the value guy sees that and says, okay, there are only you know, five percent of the guys in this league, or maybe it's less than that. There's, there's only maybe there's only ten or fifteen guys. Period. Mm-hmm. That he would say this, these ten or fifteen guys are worth giving up the bulk of your assets to go get. And if that's the case, you know, maybe, maybe he does make a push for it and make goes and makes a splash and wins GM of the year and all those all sorts of executive of the year. All those kinds of things happen. But I think it'll probably be, it'll be a a, a smaller move that they make and then it'll be kind of a laden-esque yeah. season to be honest i yeah. don't think i think that would have been the case with rosas too though unless something I changed agree. significantly with I, simmons i was not expecting any significant moves this year I, probably less moves yeah right? unless the simmons one happened i think this was the team until the trade deadline and then obviously rosas always you know is shopping something at the trade deadline but it, you know that that's where you need the dance partner right now there's a partner out there they might just not want to dance with us because of what we're offering now, now there might, they might think there's renewed opportunity there to, to give us a call. Um, but you know, we'll have to see if, if that materializes anything. I just think Gupta is going to probably have a little bit different philosophy than what Rosas did in terms of what's on the court. And he, he was probably privy to all the other trade conversations that were happening. We know that they had like, I saw it somewhere, 17 different teams called us to ask us about Bomaro before we actually signed them. So maybe, you know, there's something there, you know, with on a, around another player. So, you know, maybe Gupta's in the mindset of like, okay, I I thought it was a mistake to turn down trade X or Y. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to call back those teams to see if they're still interested. Yeah. Um, you know. The future's in his hands, man. I don't know where we go from here I, because, pff, frankly, I'm still shocked at what happened today. I barely wrap my mind around what it means. And I don't think we're going to know until we get months out from this, but. Um, more information will trickle out, trickle out over the next, you know, few hours into this evening, as well as the next couple of days, as more reports come out. You know, I've seen, you know, Darren Wolfson is reporting that, you know, they're trying to sell this as performance based, but he's saying that's his, his quote is hogwash, saying that this is about ongoing dysfunction and something that happened on Saturday that has made many people uncomfortable. So, um, it, whether or not this relationship, you know, was happening on in the office or, you know, whatever that happened to be. And, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. That's not my job. I, I don't, I'm not in that position. So we're just, we're in a weird spot right now with the organization and we got lots of moving parts and, but at the same time it's news and it gave us an hour's worth of content to talk about. And we're going to continue to text about it, you know, into tomorrow. And I know well, I will say yeah. that tweet that we saw. Yeah. We, we thought that guy was like bonkers and like, who, who is this guy? It's, I, it's looking like that's true. Yeah. It, that's, that, I'm guessing that's exactly what happened. And however he heard it, and it's not like he worked or lived by somebody that works within the organization. I, you know, I did text my ticket guy mm-hmm. and just <laughs> text him and go, what the hell? <laughs> and he didn't respond for a couple hours, which is not like him. Normally yeah. he responds like right away. Yeah. And when he responded, he goes, yeah, today was one of those days where you remember exactly where you were standing when. Right. Because those guys don't know anything beforehand. No, and I knew he didn't know. Um, I was more just trying to see if he could tell me what they were. I didn't ask, right? I was just going to see what he was going to, what he maybe knew that he would maybe volunteer. Um, But yeah, they, those guys don't, aren't told anything different than what we're told. My only thought was, I'm sure, I think they were probably told, don't talk about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. You, you don't, kind of, you don't know, you don't have the information. You cannot talk yep, about it. Yep. Yep. And, and he, he was towing the company line because he was saying, well, Gupta was, you know, a, a very highly regarded around the league and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not, I have no problem with the Gupta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still remember in, you know, when I worked for the 76ers, I was walking out of a meeting, you know, we had one conference room. So I was walking out of the conference room and somebody's like, check ESPN. I was like, what are you talking about? And I ran the team's website. So anytime somebody said, check ESPN, I was like, oh, great. You know, like another thing that we don't have on our site, you know, until somebody else had it first. 
But I walked into my office and I took a look and it, Allen Iverson had been traded. And that's how, you know, how I found out, even though I ran our team's website, was that I just saw it on ESPN. So like the business side and especially the sales side, they don't get this information before. And no. there's not like they're being fed you know, anything to, so to even have the inside information to share with you if they want it. So, oh, yeah, what I was hoping for was that there was some sort of company statement yeah. that it would relate to ticket holders mm-hmm. that I could maybe get because you and I had talked before the Rosas news even broke about recording tonight. Yep. And then we talk, okay, well now we have something bigger to cover. And I was like, Oh, well I will take this opportunity and see if he offers me any sort of like if the company line was like, Oh, we're going to have a press conference tomorrow kind of thing. Yep. You know, maybe that kind of thing. But I, I knew there wasn't going to be like, he's going to like, Oh yeah, well this is what happened. Right. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to yeah. happen. Well, I was the one who reported everything. So yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm the, well, we were going to come back and talk about the rest of the Timberwolves roster tonight. Um, you know, in our, our preview of the season, we'll leave that for next week uh, because I'm assuming they'll all still be here. But at this point, who knows? Uh, so, but we'll we'll come back uh, next week, do the rest of our our season preview with the roster. Maybe we'll have some uh, um, prop bets to to talk about in Vegas. You know, already we'll t- we'll take a look at what some of the lines are and the over unders for not only the team but for players, and and we'll see what's available then. But uh, we'll be back either way next week because the season's about to fire up and we're we're getting excited for it, no matter who's running the team, and we're, we're suckers for the whole thing. So, uh, Chad, I don't know. Any any last thoughts on what happened today? Mm, nope. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> speechless. Yeah, I know. We're <laughs> for an hour. Talk. Talk about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. And if any uh, anything else breaks, if there's any other big news, I don't I don't know what that would be, but uh, we'll be back on an, another episode of Howl History and. As long as it's not Elton Brand, we'll be happy about it. So, Chad, it's been good talking to you, and I hope you have a good night. Two men, take care. All right, buddy, bye. Bye.